You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan, and I go down for years at a time. And I'm Mark. I'm a processor. I process. Was it process? <laughs> process. Americans and yeah. their weird pronunciations and stuff. It's really hard to, to do because obviously the, the joke works based on the way you say the word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a processor and I process things. It doesn't, yeah, no. doesn't work. <laughs> Madness. Well, if the clues haven't given it away, we are back with season two, episode 23, the one with the chicken pox. Well, the one with uh, Charlie Sheen. Yes. Which, I mean, I didn't remember this episode very well at all. Um, I, th- I think it's a well-known one because he's, he's a, especially for like the 90s, he was a big actor. And I don't know if we want to get into to Charlie Sheen now, but yeah, he's, he has quite a big part in this compared to like some of the, the guest stars. Yeah, and I guess especially there, I mean, we'll get into it more later, but especially that his character comes in pre-established. It's not like he's a new person with me no. and it's here for one cheeky scene. Like he exists in the Friends universe as opposed to, you know, just, oh, look, he's sat on the sofa. It's Robin Williams. Yeah. And he, you know, in theory could come back any time. He could. And he is mentioned in, in future episodes. I'm sure he is. I don't know. This is where we, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't remember him. So. Yeah, <laughs> may, remember maybe him. it's a weird Mandela effect, you know, but I'm sure we, I'm sure they, I'm sure he gets like one mention, like in the future at least. Fair. Well, we'll keep listening out and we'll have like a little jingle ready for when we mention yep. the Navy boy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is one of those episodes that goes back and forth constantly. Um, and I always find it a giant pain to write show notes for. Why is that? Just because it is like one scene of, oh, back at the girls' apartment, you know, Monica does this and then now we're back at the boys. And Yeah, I mean, I think it, it flows fine conversational when we're actually doing the podcast. But when I'm actually sitting there making the notes, I've, and now we're back at, and now we're here. And I feel like I'm using like segue phrases every two sentences because it will be like 30 seconds with Monica and then it's 30 seconds with Phoebe and then it's 30 seconds with Joey. And you're like, oh my God. Well, I, I've realised that I need to you know, work on my notes. And this, this is probably a bit behind the scenes, but that, that's fine. That's, that's the content you're here for, right? Because um, when I do the show notes now, I realize I'm actually writing too much detail. I'm almost writing like a script for myself. Mm-hmm. And I realize I need to stop doing that and just write actually what happens. And then I will do it off the cuff, like as we, we're discussing it. Yes. Because cause I've noticed like so our show notes have gone from like one page long to many pages. Mm-hmm. And there's questions in there for, for each other. And all sorts of stuff. And it's like, no, stop stop writing your thoughts at the time down. Just write what happens and then we will discuss it. Well, since right. I got my MacBook and can actually like edit out my own clips now, yeah. it's made it so much easier because before when you made all the clips and I didn't know where the clips were going to be, I'd have to basically type out an entire summary of the episode. Yeah. And I'm like, this is... this, And then like I'd be reading my notes and I'd be like, right, this clip has covered 40% of what I've wrote here, so I don't need to mention it. But- well, I, I, I still write that because I do the, the clips afterwards. But yeah, it's, it's something that... Uh... I guess we're learning, even though we've been doing the, the show for like a, a year at this point. Uh, we, I think we've grown and changed. I can consider like our first episode was like 30 minutes long. I bet if we did it now, it would be about four hours yeah. just <laughs> as we go, go through everything. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting, like how we've changed, but also how we, we need to still refine ourselves and what we write down. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a def, definite, I mean, obviously, we could put it on Patreon potentially, but there's an obvious difference between show notes. Like, if you looked at the show notes, you would know who was doing the episode yep. based on 
notes. Well, well mine have terrible spelling mistakes because I'm like, who cares? And it's only me or Ryan that's going to read this. Like, I don't need to make it fancy yeah. English. It just needs to be the, the gist. And for some reason, mine this week are all in bold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but there's a behind the scenes tidbit for well, you. Well, you are a very bold person. <laughs> just like I'm shouting all the notes. But, but yeah, you're right. Trying to, to write the back and forth. It, it's almost tiring in a way, isn't it? Like where you're like, oh, now we're back here, but now we're back here, now we're back here. Yeah. And you, obviously, writing the show notes, like I feel like we go quite in depth in the show compared to actually watching it. Even though we've seen the the episodes many times, mm-hmm. actually sitting there and writing about, it, you're like, that doesn't make sense, or that's weird, or I didn't realize that was going on because, like, especially when it's a fast paced episode, yep. you just kind of take it in. One thing I've noticed, the definite change in my show notes, are. Uh, when we first started, I would pretty much write out dialogue as the characters were saying it. Right. And now that's just become, summarise the conversation. Because you, you've seen the episode, you don't need me to sit here and go, and then Monica said, and then Phoebe replied. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you just seem to be like, you know, Monica and Phoebe are discussing this. Yeah, exactly. But with that, let's get into it. We open Mark at Central Park. Where else would we open? <laughs> yeah, I, I put this in my show notes as well for the next episode. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, we're back at Central Park again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, oh, we, we jokingly mock, but... It... Although, although, actually, just, just before we get into the episode, I have noticed that even though we're still at Central Park, like pretty much at the start of every episode, the, the sex talk has, has gone way downhill. Yep. Like the, the first series, that's all they ever talked about straight away, like... Bang, straight away in the episode, that's all you'd hear about. But but now, that, that's all kind of gone away. Um, this will probably get clipped at some point, I'm sure. But because sex isn't particularly interesting and relationships are, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's, I mean, what's new in sex? <laughs> well, well, you know what I mean? I, I know like a, a lot of podcasts will be like, you know, this video game or this film is like a horny film. Like, And what they mean is they, they talk about sex a lot. And yeah. like Friends definitely did in the, the first series in particular. Um. It, it's toned down, I guess. But anytime I see Central Perk right at the start, I'm like, what are they going to bring up this time? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's more, I guess, entertainment and comedy value in the nuances of a relationship than there is in a, I had a one-night stand. It's like, yep. great, that, that's one note and funny twice a season maybe, but yeah. the complications are why it's funny. Um, but there's a dilemma, Mark. There's only one banana nut muffin left. Banana nut muffin? Speaking of horny, this sounds like some kind of weird sex description you'd find on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's a real thing. So, so you did a banana, banana nut muffin oh, last man. night. This girl was crazy. We did banana. It just, it just doesn't sound. I mean, it doesn't sound appetising. It's definitely not something I want to put in my mouth. No, <laughs> just, ugh. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's something. I the sub food doesn't translate. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a muffin with bananas and nuts in. I think that's pretty obvious, but it's not a combination. I would want like no. to, to, to me muffins are a chocolate or bust. Yeah, well, I, plus I wouldn't market it that way. Get you a brand new banana nut muffin. <laughs> it just doesn't sound appealing <laughs> at all, does it? Maybe it's just got the word nut in it, and it just takes off. Well, yeah, because yeah, you you think of muffins, you don't necessarily think of like crispy nuts inside a muffin, do you? You think of soft things. But you put fruit in a muffin, fine. Banana, yeah. blueberry. Normally, quite a berry you would probably yeah. put in a muffin. Um, but yeah, nuts. No thanks. But there's only one left. Monica and Chandler both want it. And uh, Phoebe joins the gang with some news. Okay, Chandler, Mon, there's only one banana nut muffin left. Oh, well, order mine first. Y- yeah, but I'm, I'm so much faster. <laughs> Give it to me. No. Give it to me. <sighs> okay, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> there you 
go enjoy your coffee. That was there when I got here. Hey, you guys, you will never guess who's coming to New York. Hmm. Quick, Phoebe, tell us before you can swallow. Oh, okay. Ryan, that guy I went out with who's in the Navy. <laughs> you went out with a guy in the Navy? Yeah, I met him when I was um, playing guitar in Washington Square Park. Ryan threw in saltwater taffy because he didn't have any change. Huh. Hey, is that when you wrote saltwater taffy, man? No. <laughs> no, he is my submarine guy. He resurfaces like every couple years, and we have the most amazing three days together. Only this time, he's coming for two weeks. Two whole weeks, which means yay! <laughs> so wait, this guy goes down for like two years at a time? Mm -mm. <laughs> That'll teach you to lick my muffin. <laughs> okay, they've got a little bit clever with their, their sex jokes. Yeah, I mean, we're British, so we love a good double entendre, yeah. to be fair. But <laughs> every time that scene has me in bits. Well, yeah, you, you got to love the whole licking of the muffin, because that's, that's the classic thing to go, well, you know... If you want it, I'm going to lick it because you're not going to want it. But then some people will call your bluff on that. I mean, you know, like Lady Gaga says, bluffing with my muffin. You know, you know I mean, <laughs> muffin is a term that has been uh, appropriated by a certain part of the female anatomy for I, a while. I didn't think of that either. Uh, I, I, and I really love how, like, you know, Monica's like, well, I'm going to lick your coffee. <laughs> and now, now she only licks one side of it. So I'm like, well, I don't really care. I'll just lick the other side, right? What I found, or a drink from the other side. What I thought about that was she licks the mug that she thinks is Chandler's. And my brain went, that's funny. And I'm like, she's basically spitting in his drink. But if yeah. she'd spat in the cup, that would have been disgusting and way yeah, too yeah. far <laughs> crossing the line. But somehow licking the mug, which is essentially just as gross, is somehow not. No. no. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, she licked the mug. Oh, <laughs> I, I think uh, we should try this in front of our friends some more often. Just, just lick their drinks and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's nice they've already licked it. No, yeah, you, you have to do it first, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say we could just take food off the plate and so say that goes down, but that wouldn't go down well at all with our friends. No, there's always got to be a food buffer. Yeah. Uh, I think Chris would just punch us <laughs> and Neil would just pull sad puppet eyes while he tried to steal our food <laughs> off our plate. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, but I feel Chandler's pain here so much. There's nothing worse than having a joke in the barrel and not being able to pull the trigger. Like, for whatever reason. Well, you... Like, I, I see this on, like... Or hear this on podcasts a lot where... Uh, someone will have a joke and say something, but someone else has spoken over them. So they, they hold back and they hold back and they hold back. And then eventually the time's gone and you're like, oh no, I want to hear the joke, but it's just not going to have the same impact, right? Yeah. I mean, it, there's so many situations that happens like that when someone cuts you off and you're like, no, I had a really funny <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. Or you're in a group that you're not quite comfortable enough to make. Did you like, is this joke going to land? Is it going to upset somebody? I don't know. Yeah, like I, I remember I made a joke with a bunch of people I'd never met before because uh, I was on a, a stag party and it went silent for like just a couple of seconds before everyone burst out laughing just because it was like kind of like unexpected of me to say what I said. Yeah. And it was actually, it was funny. It's funny. Nice. But, but there was a brief moment I was like, oh, have I crossed the line here because I don't know these people. Fair. But luckily it's settled and you got a laugh. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Nothing's worse than not getting a laugh and the jokes. I think, I think you just have to be like most comedians, don't you? Just be like, well, I guess that was a terrible joke and just, just laugh it off yourself, right? That's fair. I went to see stand-up comedy this week while we, you know, get into our first tangent of the show. I went to <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on. Let, 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 me, let me load up the same <laughs> Ryan's tangents. We need to make one of those. We do. Um, I went to see a guy called Russell Peters, um, who's Canadian, apparently, uh, but of Indian heritage, um, which apparently makes him really popular in, in the British Indian community, which was news to me. Um, he was okay. Um, well, I know one of my friends went and she paid 60 pounds for her ticket. 
my friend found them online on some discount seat filler site for seven pounds. <laughs> so we were just like, ooh. Like it was okay. It was very dated comedy to be honest. It was kind of lots of like white people be like this, Indians be like this, <laughs> black people be like this. And it's like I mean some of it was funny, don't get me wrong, but at the same time it was like, yes, I've heard these kind of jokes before. Um but his audience interaction was good. Um yeah, that's it. That is the really. Just <laughs> yeah. I went to see some comedy and it's the first stand up I've been to since the pandemic. I remember realizing I like going to stand up gigs, but if I'd have paid sixty pounds to see this, I wouldn't have been pleased. And I was really well behaved. I was told because he grew up in Toronto and is a big Maple Leafs fan, and they've just blown it again in the playoffs and not made the second round. I was told that I'm not allowed to heckle him about hockey, and at no point did the perfect opportunity come up. And then at one point, someone made a joke, and it was silent. And I felt the heckle rising inside. I was like, it's going to happen. I'm going to shout it. And he was about to leave my lips. And I was like, I'm going to get so much trouble. And then he went, oh, that joke bombed. And he referenced the joke bombing, which is why I went on the tangent. Yeah. But he cut me off. Otherwise, I was going to shout him that the leaves suck. And I blew it again, but I didn't get to. I, I was about to say, we should have a Patreon tier where we, we cut out the tangents have nothing to do with the episode. <laughs> but no, you, you brought it back around, so it's yeah, fine. It's a link. It's fine. One of these cats is a tangent if I can segue it back <laughs> yeah, into the episode. exactly. Uh, but then Ross enters with his usual drawl, hi. Which... Hang, hang, hang on, I need to do one. Hi. We were discussing before we started recording how difficult it is to, to perfectly match the schwimmer hi. Yeah. Um, it is really difficult to do. Because it is so low energy, so depressive, and like he's it, got like no air in his lungs at all, but somehow he manages to make this like noise come out of him. Yeah, I feel like you need special acting training to, <laughs> to be able to perform at that like, low level. I, I, can, I can hear all of the listeners now just going, hi. Which you should all record yourself saying hi, and we'll have like a medley of highs in the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, and Samantha from Wisconsin goes, hi. And we'll just, we'll just try it all. <laughs> but he had actually entered with some bad news. Ben has chicken pox. And like everyone knows, if you've never had chicken pox, you're probably going to get chicken pox. Yep. And Phoebe is the only member of the gang who hasn't had it and feels left out. But then she notices a pox on her arm. I was going to say spot. I feel like pox is not the right thing to say, but what would you call a chicken pox if it wasn't a pox? Well, it's a, it's a spot, isn't it? Or, yeah. Yeah. or a rash, maybe? I, I don't know. But, but in any case, like in this episode, no one is concerned about Phoebe getting chicken pox when as an adult, if you've never had it, it can be quite serious. Yeah. What's the difference between chicken pox and shingles? Uh, I think it is you being adult, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not 100% on that. I'm thinking like chicken pox like, can, be, can be gotten as an adult, but I think like it's to do with your age or something like that. It, it is weird that chicken pox is the one disease where the human body went, had it once, never having it again. No, you can, you can get it again if you're an adult. Is, what, is this, is this it, one of those not true facts, Mark, where... No, it, it, it is possible. It's, it's the same with, you know, like, like getting COVID. Like lots of people are like, I've had COVID once, I'm fine, I'm invincible. It's like, no, you can have it again. So same with chickenpox. Like it's, it's unlikely, but it's just like your, your body might not have like the, the best immunity to, to recognise it again yeah. in the same way, right? Have you had chickenpox? Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like most people do because, you know, like, I remember in the early 2000s, there was a, a big thing for having pox parties yep. and basically getting kids together. And it's like, really, like, yes, you should have it as a child because it doesn't really bother you that much. And like I say, it is more dangerous as an adult to get it. Uh, and, I, and I guess in this situation, like, you know, Phoebe must have been around Ben. Yeah. Because she's not going to get it off of Ross, really. No. Like, he's, it's not... 
it's not contagious in the oh you, you know you're touching something that someone else touched sort of thing it generally has to be around them well i mean despite the fact that we seldom see ben even at this early stage he you you are given the sense that he's around a lot and every weekend ross has ben and, and ross takes him to monica's yeah. and you're gonna get the sense so it makes sense that if ben's got it yeah it's, it's gonna spread yeah and then we get the totals mark ha- okay do the claps don't let me count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't got more random impromptu trivia for me this week. No, that's that's for my episode. So, that's it. I've got yeah. at least I've got some warning coming in. Um, but then we join Monica and Richard in her bedroom, being adorable. Um, I know people on the internet talk about like I saw a meme the other day that was a uh, was like, "Don't worry, women. Just because your Richard has gone, your Chandler's on the way." And I was still like, "Yeah, but Richard's better than Chandler." Richard and Monica didn't work out, but sometimes when I see them together, I am like, I prefer Richard and Monica as a couple. Yeah, there's, there's something about Richard, like, there, there's nothing wrong about him at all. Like, he, he never does anything wrong. He's the, the perfect gentleman at all times, uh, perfect to hang around with. And I, I think a lot of it is because he kind of does sit there quietly sometimes and just kind of listens in rather than trying to you know, be you know, joking all the time or be part of the scene. Yeah. So he comes across as better than Chandler in some ways in that regard. I guess he's just comfortable to have around. Like yeah. when maybe it's just the actor. Maybe it's just Oh, Tom it's, it's yeah, it's yeah, definitely like I I'm sure they they had uh, a relationship that you know, you was a part of for like a year or two. There would be bad moments, right? Yeah, but but, but obviously we get to see just the highlights. He's still like calm and comfy. In. Maybe we all need a Richard in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> But Richard has been nice, and he's made the bed. Well, miraculously, he's made Monica's bed, uh, and she starts to make it. Why? Why, Mark? Well, why, why did he make the bed? Like, I mean, it, it's not that difficult to make a bed generally. You just put the sheet back on. But yeah. actually, he's changing the bed. He's changing the bed? Yeah. Yeah, he's not just put the cover back on. Because... See, that must be, that's like a... a... Making the bed to me means you're just fixing it back up and changing well, I, the sheets. He's changing the sheets. I, I feel like he's he's changing the sheets because she talks about the label being in the wrong place and that. And it's like, well, normally like covers only go on one way. Well, you don't know what they got up to the night before, Mark. Well, that I, duvet could have been all over the place. It, it, it could be, but lots of people would like to have the the buttons or whatever you have at the bottom, the zip or whatever, to be at the feet because obviously you don't want that all up in your face. And there's a lot of people who uh, have like a fear of spiders and they think the spiders come out of that end. <laughs> spiders are just duvet spiders. <laughs> yeah, duvet yeah. so, so, so you have to have the duvet that way around. So I don't, it feels weird to me like that he would have done it the wrong way around. Like there's no way you'd have the buttons up by your face. I mean, I guess it's not a case of him doing it the wrong way around. He's just not doing it the Monica way around. Yes. Um, and as he re-enters the room, he does bust Monica remaking the bed. Yes. Uh, Monica doesn't want to tell Richard why she's making it again as he'll think she's crazy but he warns her that she's kind of running that risk either way <laughs> well yeah she is crazy let's be honest yeah I mean <laughs> I love it because he's just she's like you'll think I'm insane and he's like kind of already do like you'll be making a bed for no good reason um, but Monica goes on a crazy rant about the particulars of making a bed uh, but this weird rant makes Richard love her more mm, it's a bit twee isn't it I mean I'm a big softy I like this I'm like that's cute because it's, it's one of those things where if it's just this one thing, it's cute. As it starts to creep into every area of the house in your life, it would start to become annoying. Yes, and I feel that's what it's going to be with Monica. Like, it isn't just, like, one little odd thing. 
it's going to be everything. Everything. And that's when it would start to get tiring. Yeah. Um, but we now find Joey chilling with Chandler at his office. And for me, it was a weird surprise to see Joey at Chandler's office at all. Well, I'd like seeing Chandler's office because it seems to like get bigger every time we see it. And obviously he's <laughs> he's been promoted and we kind of never really saw that. Uh, he kind of like, uh, you know, got got promoted after he like quit his job and everything. Yep. And then they moved in a new place. And we, we haven't really heard about his office for quite a while now. I would say, you know, nearly the whole season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's always great to like see his office and you know just just get out of the usual places. True, yeah. It's just it's like oh look, Joey's in a room you don't see him in very yeah. often, which was cool. Um, and then Chandler offers Joey a job processing, processing, processing. It sounds so horrible, processing. Um, Joey isn't keen on the idea and thinks that all processors are dorks. <laughs> well, it's probably true, right? Because you know you've got to think about the weenus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. The weenus is important. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those jobs that it does just sound dreadfully dull. So he talks about it as like, you know, you, you move numbers from one spreadsheet and put them into another. I actually did a job like this once. And it was a, it was a temp job that I had for half a day because I couldn't do it anymore. And, oh, okay. and actually I got offered my, my old job back that same day, which was, which was nice. nice. <laughs> um, and it, it was working for a travel agency that did stuff on Teletext. So Teletext was a service on TV. Uh, how to describe it? It's, it's not. It's not like the internet. Maybe like it. It, it was kind of like the internet. And basically, there was digi- digital pages that would be on the TV that would update every sixty seconds, and you basically had to wait for it to like go through the pages to like get onto a page. Yeah, imagine a PDF that someone wrote in Paint that <laughs> yeah. would update consistently on your TV. Yeah. So you could get like the news and the weather and stuff like that. Like you'd, you'd basically like type in a number and it would bring up a new page and then it would flick through those pages continuously just in a loop. Uh, but they, they could update it quite often. And basically they, they sold uh, travel on, on teletext. And my job was to take data from one page on the internet. And this was, this was in the early 2000s. So the internet did exist. Yeah. So I'd take, take the data and then put it into another spreadsheet and save it. And I'm, I couldn't stop thinking the whole time I was there, why is there not a program that does this? <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, 20 of us wouldn't have a job here, but there is 20 people, like, sitting in this, like, call center area just literally copying stuff from one, like, database into another. Like, this could just be a program. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure at some point someone would have had the idea and then made a lot of cash, and then CFAX got, or Teletext, the same thing, got retired. Well, there is um, the story of, like, the there was a guy uh, who got told to, to do this sort of job and he was a programmer and he figured out he could just write a script and that's what he did so he'd be like every day i would spend five minutes in the morning running the script and then the rest of the day doing absolutely no work i i had all the free time and i did that for many years uh until one day i left and i didn't give them the script or anything they just <laughs> went back to normal but like no one knew i'd done that and there's been the the ones of people hiring like um people in third world countries like India and the Philippines and stuff like that to do their job remotely. And, do it. and it's like, it's very clever. It's genius. I mean, you're going to, so you're going to get paid X amount. You'll pay someone peanuts essentially to do the, your job for yeah. you. It, it feels like it should be wrong, but at the same time, you're like, well, you're playing a system. So more yeah. power to you. And, and a lot of these, like some of these companies have like fired these people going like, you know, you took advantage of us. Like, no, I didn't. I was being efficient. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where you get into a debate about pay and kind of like workforce labor and stuff. And it's a case of, well, 
for the most part, any job, you enter into that job with a freedom of choice. You choose to pay, give your time in response, you know, in exchange for that amount of cash. Well, you're, no, you're, you're paying me for my expertise in doing this role. Yeah. How I do that doesn't matter. Well, it's not as simple as, you know, that. I mean, in, in an ideal capitalist world, it would be my time's worth this much, you give me that much. But at yeah. the same time, it's, well, it's why people tell you to study and work hard and get your qualifications. Because if there's more than one person that can do your role, your ability to dictate your pay is suddenly halved. Yeah. And then that just kind of extrapolates more out the more basic the job is, which is horrible. And, but it is what it is. But yeah, th- this job does sound extremely dull. And Jerry is not a numbers guy. No, he's not. He's not a computer guy at all. Nope. Uh, so yeah, I could see why, like, even if he's out of work, he's going to be like, no, this is not what I want to do. But he does it anyway. He does. Um, we leave Joey in the dorks and find the girls helping Phoebes get all spruced up before her sailor boy arrives. But her face is covered in poxes, whatever the plural of pox is. Poxes? Pox eye. Pox eye, yeah. <laughs> and she thinks she looks hideous. Oh, yeah, they didn't put, like, foundation on her face. They literally covered it with, I guess, some cream or whatever. What's it called? Is it not, is it TCP? PCP? One of them is a drug t- t- and t- one of them is a treatment for chicken pox. PCP is a drug. Yeah. TCP is that really smelly, uh, like, iodine sort of stuff when you have, like, scrapes and stuff. I really burns. like the smell. Well, because it smells of... Is it a bit like bleach when you go to the swim pool? Like, it smells of, of hospitals and clean. I don't know what it is, but I just like the smell. I guess it's the same as the smell of the ice rink. There are certain smells I like, and, you know, that chemical is one of them. Well, I, I don't think that's what they put on her face. They, they probably put something to, like, cool down the, like, the itchiness and stuff. But you'd think, like, they'd put foundation on her and she'd look completely normal. Yeah. But no, that wouldn't be fun, Mark. No, it wouldn't. Um, but then the sailor boy arrives. Come in. Hey, baby, I'm back. Hey, Ryan, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? Oh, no, no, you know, you have to stay back. I, I have the pox. Chicken or small? Chicken, which is so ironic, considering I'm a vegetarian. Why aren't you at home in bed? Because my, my grandmother's never had chicken pox. Please, please tell me you have, because, oh, my God, I forgot how cute you are. I'm sorry, I never had them. Oh, oh. If I had one wish would be to build a time machine, go back to when I was seven, when Jimmy House read the chicken pox, I would grab that kid and rub him all over my face. Yeah, or, you know, you could just wish that I didn't have them now. Can I please see your face? No, you don't want to see a face covered with pox. Your face could be covered with locks, I wouldn't care. And you hate fish, oh. So sweet, all right. Okay, all right, you can see. This. Is me. Ah! Oh, sorry. Oh, I am scary. Sorry, the lightning. Ah. Lightning was an unfortunate coincidence. You look lovely. Lovely. I hate this. Can I tell you, I had the most amazing two weeks planned for us, and almost everything I had in mind, we had to be a lot closer than this. Phoebe, I have spent the last eight months in a steel tube with men. Thinking about this moment, I am not going to let a bunch of itchy spots stand between us. Okay, before we talk about Charlie Sheen, I did notice the really obvious um, sort of outside before the scene 
know, little intro mm-hmm. and it's heavily raining. Like they never normally show it raining like that. And then they really focus on, you know, it's raining so we can do our joke with the lightning. The lightning. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I have so much to unpack about this. Um, the first part being Sailor Boy can't communicate with Phoebes while he's away on his boat. So if the people listen to me go, it's not a boat, but he's in his <laughs> submarine. What happens if he gets to New York and Phoebe's dating someone? I'm sure he probably can talk to her. Well, not, not every day, right? But they, they must have some way to communicate with friends and family. Well, at the end of the episode, we'll see lots of things that he gets asked about the submarine and he can't tell anyone because it's all classified. Oh, okay. And if he's on a nuclear submarine, he's more than likely, there's no communicado for the entire time you're there. Um, so I'm like, well, what happens? Like, imagine he just rocks up and then like David was there. What's he also doing in, in, you know, 95 that requires 18 months in the water not being seen? Spying on Russians. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But it does make me think, I would have loved to see where he comes back one time and Phoebe's with someone, particularly David. Because I like the idea that David's a dorky scientist who can't believe he's managed to get his hands on Phoebe. But then he's his military man yeah. and he has to deal with, you know... Dashing well, Charlie Sheen. It, it, would, it would be like the Paul Rudd stuff, I think, where he would be like, I hate you, but also I want to, to talk to you because, you know, you do stuff with nuclear things and that's interesting to me. Like, David, David's a, a nice guy. He is a nice like, guy. Like, he can't be horrible to people, even though he should sometimes. I don't think he'd be horrible. I just like the idea of, like, the, him getting a bit neurotic, I suppose. Yes. But he'd be like, oh my God, he's so handsome. But what kind of fusion does this mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would be cool. Um, but yeah, that just occurred to me, like, what if he rocks up one day and Phoebe's not available? What does he do? I'm sure he has many women available. I mean, they do say any port in a storm, I suppose. Yes. So, <laughs> so I suppose it'd be okay. Um, I absolutely love this clip and scene. It's amazing. It's so overly dramatic. And yeah. When he walks in and Phoebe's got a, like, a veil over her face, she stood across the other end of the apartment. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. But what I love is that he's like, what's going on? I'm like, Surely that's just kind of classic Phoebes. Like if I walked in and Phoebe was doing that, I'd be like, hi Phoebes. I don't really feel like it'd be out of the ordinary for her. No, if like if she had a black veil on, you'd be like, oh, you know, she's being gothic and moody. Yeah, but like Phoebes is doing things. Yeah. <laughs> she's Phoebe. If it was Rachel, you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. But it's Phoebe, so I'd be like, okay, Phoebe's up to something. So I guess we should talk about Charlie Sheen now. Yeah, I guess. So around this time, so Hot Shots Part Due had come out in 93. Nice, great film. Which I, I, I feel like for me is like the height of Charlie Sheen. Fair. Like that, that is when I was, I guess, most familiar with him. Uh, you know, even as a kid, like I saw it when I was young, like it was, I, it was a big deal, that film, when it came out. And I don't know if he's really done anything since and that kind of matches. Like he's been in the scary movie films, but not the, not the early ones, the later ones, so the terrible ones. Fair. Uh, obviously, he was in Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. which was a a show which it was extremely long running, and obviously we'll get into some stuff about that in a, in a second. But yeah, I, around this time, like you know, Charlie Sheen was like the comedy guy, and you know, was was probably the guy you're like, you know what, I'd love to meet him, just hang out with him. He seems like a really nice guy. It's fair. And then it turns out maybe he's not quite that guy. I mean, I thought Two and a Half Men was great, to be fair. And to be honest, it should have stopped once Charlie left the show. Two, well, Two and a Half Men, to me, is a show that some people liked. And I was like, is it a bit like How I Met Your Mother, where it's trying to be this like funny comedy or like a Friends-type sitcom, and it doesn't work? But actually, when I have seen it, the, the more I watch it, the more I like it. I, yeah. think, I think on the, the face of it, it, it sounds quite bad, where it's like, 
Uh, Charlie Sheen, who gets all the women, lives with his brother, who gets none of the women. And, oh, hijinks in shoe. And you're like, oh, that just sounds absolutely terrible and unrealistic. But actually, like, he he makes it really funny. He does. And it also works really well. You see, in, on the surface, it's re- a really misogynistic show. Yes. But then there's a lot more nuance to it than you'd, you'd assume, given the, the, the brief, I suppose. Uh, but no, it's, I think it's a decent show. Yeah, oh, yeah, def- definitely. And uh, as you say, like, it, it should have ended when he left. Mm-hmm. And he went a bit weird. He did get a bit weird. Um, tiger blood, winning, <laughs> prostitutes. It it got a bit intense for Charlie Sheen there. Yeah, so you know when you when you think of him like around the time that he's in Friends, you're like, no, nah, he seems like this nice guy. He like he's funny. He's like relatable. He's down to earth. He's part of the the Sheen dynasty. Yep. Uh, as well as his brother, who did not take the Sheen name, he decided to keep the the original surname, uh, Emilio Escoves. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> I didn't know this fact, and um, you've said the name, and I've gone. They do look related. <laughs> they do. They're, yeah, like it's weird. Like you obviously got Martin Sheen, the dad, who's yep. you know the I guess the famous first Sheen. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they changed their name, and I don't know why Emilio kept their original surname, but he does. But but there. But even then, you like you look at them. You're like, well, they both they both do these comedy. Like Emilio did uh, the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I mean and that's what he's known for in the in the nineties. If you're asking me to pick who I'd rather be out of Emilio Estevez or Charlie Sheen, I'm still picking Charlie Sheen. Yes, like you can imagine them being two brothers who probably like each other, but you know, you've got the 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 brother like Charlie Sheen is probably like the older brother you see as who's, you know, probably a little bit rougher, probably with the ladies and that. And then you've got Emilio who's probably like the nicer brother who's probably a bit bit shyer sort of thing. That's how that's how I kind of see them. Yeah, like Charlie Sheen's Joey and Emilio Estevez's yeah. Chandler. Yeah, but but you would never see them hang out together. Like they would be good brothers. But you would never be like, oh, look, it's the two brothers hanging out together because they they feel like two totally different people. Mm-hmm. And certainly with their their names and like the the careers they've gone on and like the stuff they're starred in, um, certainly like Charlie Sheen feels like the the more A list celebrity, Definitely. even though Emilio has done you know lots of films and mm-hmm. and, and stuff. Uh, but yeah, and was it this was around what twenty ten? Yeah, around that time. That's where like some weird stuff happened. Uh, with the show, I think Charlie wanted um, to have more control in the show, or maybe more money, and then all things spilled out from there, didn't they? And then he went weird and went on talk shows and talked about Tiger Blood and winning. And yeah, I think I think he got because he kind of dipped off in the late nineties a bit, and then Two and a Half Men kind of gave him a resurgence to fame, and I think that went to his head a little bit, and he was struggling with some stuff, and he kind of went for lack of a better phrase off the deep end. Yeah. Um, he was very, very publicly criticising the show and the producers. Yep. Um, and they obviously didn't take kindness of that and killed him off. <laughs> Went off of camera. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a really weird way to, to end it. Like, it, they end the season pretty much and, like, then he's gone. And then Ashton Kutcher takes over. Who? He, he does an okay job, but it's not the same. Well, it is the same show, but it's not the same. But the problem is he was basically supposed to replace the character without replacing the character. But like, well, the dynamic was too similar. Yeah. You've gone from like dorky and ladies man to dorky and ladies man, but in a different way. Yeah, in a, in a softer way, right? Yeah, I guess Charlie Sheen's like the kind of the one night stand man. And you look at Ashton Kutcher as the like caring boyfriend type. Yeah. But the dynamic was ruined. And then in uh, 2015, um, Charlie Sheen comes out as being HIV positive. 
and then he's he's kind of been a bit bit quiet since then. Like he's he's been in a few films here and there and, and stuff. But yeah, he hasn't been all over the internet and been no. a bit bit wacker and weird. Well, it's one of those things where I guess you see someone go through it, and at the time, everyone was like making memes, and it was a bit of fun, and you know, we had a bit of a joke about it. But it's actually quite sad, like the stuff yes. he was going through, and it's it's something that we can't relate to, given that we're not massive international stars. And yet. and and it was weird at the the time as well because Two and a Half Men. You know, it was at its height in terms of ratings. You know, he was the highest paid actor on TV at the time. That's crazy. Uh, it was a stupidly popular show. And, you know, Friends has this, like, staying power where people still talk about it 20 years later. Two and a half men, like, I think there's still some fans out there and you might occasionally catch on TV, but I don't think it has you know, anywhere near, like, the level of what Friends does in terms of the no. popularity and people still remembering and still enjoying it. But that's because Friends stuck the ending. It's it's the crucial thing with longevity and stuff. Friends stuck the ending. You have that shot of the door and you're heartbroken and you're sad and you're like, Friends is over. Whereas Two and a Half Men should have stopped when it's Charlie Sheen left. I, I do wonder though if it's just like, like uh, Two and a Half Men was very much of its time and hasn't aged as well. Like Whereas Friends is, is pretty much ageless, even though it's, you know, coming on to nearly 30 years at this point. Friends is still totally relatable today. And so many episodes, you're like, that could have been written today and nothing would be changed about it. I guess, I mean, I suppose there's some problematic stuff with how women are treated in Two and a Half Men. Um, but it's not all as bad as, you, again, it initially sounds. Um, but there's loads of shows that should end when people leave, like Scrubs being a prime example. Yeah. Um, but, although, but, but, but like I say, it was, it was at its height, so do you really want to kill it off or try to milk it a bit more? I mean, if I was a Hollywood producer, I'd probably try and make <laughs> yeah. some more because I'd be a Hollywood producer. Um, although, to give Emilio Estevez a shout out for a second, um, you mentioned The Mighty Ducks, which is what he's most famous for. Yeah. There's a Disney Plus series called The Mighty Ducks. Um, and it's, he's like the same character, but it's years and years later, and he's old and jaded and runs a rundown ice rink. Um, and he basically starts to coach hockey again reluctantly. It's actually really, really, really good. Some of the original ducks appear. Um, and it's if you're a fan of the movies in general, I mean, obviously I'm a big hockey nerd, so anything hockey related, I'll watch. But it's a very cool show. And if you liked the Ducks films back in the day, I heavily recommend checking it out because quack. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's just good. But it did remind me that Emilio Estes kind of existed. Um, yeah, because he, he hasn't done a, a whole lot. Over, you know, 10 years, he did like three films. He, he really didn't do a lot now. But, but yeah, Char- Charlie Sheen at the time, you know, absolutely amazing to, to have him on the show. Yeah. And, yeah, I, f- I feel like around, like, that time in the 90s, he was at his, his height fame-wise, at least film-wise. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and he's great in this. So what's your go-to Charlie Sheen movie? Is it? It's, it's Hot, Hot Shots. Shots, yeah. For me, weirdly, it's Platoon. Okay. Have you seen Platoon? Yeah, yeah. Horrible heartbreaking movie. But it, one thing Platoon does do, it showed me my favourite piece of classical i guess orchestral because it's not quite 100 years old yet i don't think um music adagio for strings by samuel barber it's this like horrifically heartbreaking string piece that's harrowing mostly because there was a bbc montage about september 11th set to it and okay. it dug, but yeah but even just before that even when you watch the movie at the end and you know people are getting shot and the helicopter was taken off and it's playing the music it's just like oh that's such an impact on me when i saw it because charlie sheen is an interesting actor like you know he can do the the comedy stuff but he can also do the serious stuff so like he's known for like wall street um obviously you know platoon as well 
he's done the comedy stuff in Scary Movie. Less said about that the better, <laughs> I think. Uh, but you know, he he's been in loads and loads of films, and you know, he he has quite a range to him. So yeah, he's he is an interesting actor. But yeah, hot hot shots for me. I I distinctly remember there's a there's a scene on it where they're, they're basically taking the mick out of Top Gun, and there was once where I was watching TV and. The, the planes are landing and everything. I'm like, oh, it's hot shots. Yeah, I'll watch this. And it keeps on going for a while. And I'm like, why hasn't the guy put the sausage up to the engine yet? Because that's what <laughs> happens in the hot shots. And it says that, no, it was Top Gun I was watching. I was so disappointed. <laughs> because they, they, they copied it so well. Like, you couldn't tell for a long time until the comedy stuff happens that, no, this isn't Top Gun you're watching. Oh, I remember one scene from Hot Shots. I don't know which one it is, where he's in like the, a jungle base and he's just shooting bullets all over the place and like never reloading. But then he runs out of bullets, but there's just a box of bullets next to him. So he picks them up and throws the bullets at someone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I might watch this when I get home. Yeah, we we don't have like comedy like that anymore, do we? No, it kind of reminds me of the Naked Gun, like just slapstick, yes, farcical, yeah. idiot comedy, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I guess that's enough about Charlie Sheen and his his strange lifetime. But he's still in the episode, so he'll come back up. Um, but it's the next day, and we now see Joey looking all smart in a suit. Joey looks good in a suit. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't he? No, just like people look good in suits in general. Yes. But, you know, you're so used to seeing Joey in casual, you know, lazy slacks and casual wear. You say that. He does wear a lot of shirts and trousers. Like, you just don't realize what he's actually wearing. Right. Maybe it's just it's a suit to suit. So you're just like, yeah. bam, man in a suit. Yeah. Um, but now he's a processor or processor, depending on, you know, which way you want to go. And Joey's been making friends with some of the people at work. And he's made up some backstory as his new character is Joseph, the processing guy. He has a wife and three kids. <laughs> you know, he's an actor. Yeah, why not act the role out? You know what? It, it, it did make me think, could I do this? Could I get a job somewhere and just entirely invent a life and yeah. just go with it? It sounds quite fun, to be honest. Well, I, I've worked with someone who did do that. And like the... The lies were just absurd and they got caught out very quickly of yeah. what they were lying about. Like, you know, they would lie about having a family and their kid's name. And then, like, I remember one woman going, oh, what's your, what's your kid's name? And they came up with a name and it's like, that's the same name as my daughter. That's a bit interesting, mm, considering, considering it's like a, a kind of more unique name rather than a common one. Uh, yeah, like... Is it like in movies and it goes, what they called? And they're like, they scan around the room and they're like, ashtray... Paper basket. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, well, you know, like Joey trying to find a, a, a guy for Phoebe, you know, Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> there were David here, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, it, it would be very tiring and very hard work to do, but you know, as an actor, like Joey makes sense. Like this is his way of getting through the day of like, I'm just going to make it a scene. Yeah. It doesn't sound like he's actually doing his job. <laughs> well, no, I, I feel like Joey, it would be clever enough to kind of like just act his way through it and, pass the blame along as we see he kind of does later he does but i, I just love it I just love it. like it's, he's committed fully to the part method acting joey well he thinks so. everyone's a dork right so he's probably like oh, how do i get through this day they're all dorks i know i will just make up a, a storyline i'll pretend to be a dork too yeah <laughs> i'll just channel chandler yeah. um but we then rejoin the pox couple and they're all splotchy and playing monopoly you know what makes the itching even worse that you don't stop talking about it? Fine. Let's just play, okay? Good, okay. Here we go, double sixes. Here we go. Oh, here we go, come to mama. Just getting ready to roll the dice. Okay. What are you doing? 
Are you scratching? No, this is what I do for luck, okay? You're scratching. Give me the dice. No. Give me the dice. No, here, there. Double sixes. We can't scratch. You know we can't. We'll scar. I can't stop thinking about it. It's so hard. Just want to grab all these houses and rub them all over my body. No. No. Yeah, come on. You know you want it. You know you want it too. Come on. Let's just be bad. It'll feel so good. Oh, come on. Come on. Uh huh. Oh God, help me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Now do me. Do my back. Oh, come on, harder. There you go. Don't move. Why? Don't move. What do you? You know, I might have expected this of you, Phoebe, but Ryan, you're a military man. The way Ross says at the end, like, just <laughs> such authority. You're a military, military man. man. <laughs> That's me, bit out of it. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> well, there, there is so many uh, lines from this episode that you could cut out and turn to be really inappropriate pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously you have the... I guess it's an allegory for Ryan's pent-up sexual frustration. Yes. Um, but it, well, he has been in a steel tube for 18 months. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's so well done and it's so fun. And Phoebe's right, Monopoly houses are sharp. You ever stole one of those things? Yes. You would You would know about it. Yeah. So it's clever. It's good. But yeah, it, that whole scene for me is just, you're a military man. It's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, where, did, where did Russ suddenly get this like stern demeanour from? It's yeah. like, you know, we got from, hi, to military man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> but while they're having a scratch, I think it's a good time for an advert break. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of the HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you don't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers as well as online at Target, Best Buy and Amazon or you can shop for them directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. We're back from the advert break. Thanks for joining us again. 
Uh, we're back with Joseph, the processing guy. I can't say it in no, English actually, now. I feel like you need to say it's processing. You need to, you need to put emphasis on the O. Like, uh, but I've now forgotten which way is the correct way to say <laughs> Pro it. Processing is how we say it. Processing. How Americans say it. Oh, you're, just, you're a processor. You wouldn't think there'd be such a difference between the same language. Well, that's because you're not speaking American. <laughs> speak, oh, speak American, damn it. I, I was like the uh, Jimmy Carr joke where he said he went to America and they were like, oh, I love your accent. And his response was, I haven't got an accent. It's that English he's supposed to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, except for his laugh, right? Yeah, it's an awful laugh. Which is funny because then, you know, you come to England and drive for 15 minutes and the accent's completely changed. I, d I do wish I had a proper British accent, though. Receive. What is that? What is it? Do you mean like receive pronunciation? Where you're like, one is now listening to yeah, watching I, well, Yeah, I, I, I want like, you know, the, the Queen's accent, you know, the very posh accent. Because, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to, to especially Americans. That dialect was made up by a vocal coach. Uh, oh. It was an American woman who was a vocal coach. And she basically invented like a transatlantic accent. Um, that's in loads and loads of Hollywood movies where people are meant to sound dignified. Obviously, you've got like classically trained Shakespearean actors, but when Americans needed to sound less American or less regionally American, this voice coach basically took our accent, or the, the received pronunciation, and then took some America in it, and that classic movie voice was invented by a vocal coach. Oh, okay. Can't remember a name. I did know. Should have wrote it down. But yeah, I just find that's really interesting that, you know, that the classic movie accent isn't a real accent. It's one that was specifically invented to sound the way it sounds. No, because uh, especially a lot of Americans, like, you know the accents. You know, like, the Boston compared to the, the Texan compared to Californian and, and so on. In in the UK, like, there's many, I guess, again, regional accents. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them kind of blend in. Unless you're Welsh or Scottish or Irish, they all kind of blend in together eventually. Ooh, I don't know. There's a few outliers like Geordie oh, or Scouse, yeah, yeah, Cockney, Puramay, and you know, not the not the But uh, you know, you you hear someone in you know London and someone in Cornwall, and there'll be slight tinges of things. But I think, it, you know, outside the UK, they'd be hard pushed to to know the differences. Whereas in America, like you can definitely tell, you know, someone from Texas from Boston. Yeah, true. That's true. I don't know. Strange. But yeah, I do. I know what you mean. I do like, you know. The received pronunciation. It sounds everything sounds much better when you pronounce it like yes. this. Um, processing. Like, processing. I mean, I always in my head I sound like a space marine. <laughs> just like that's what the voice picked. Just the moment, like we're back with Joseph, the processing guy. But still, um, but we are back with Joseph, the processing guy. Uh, he lies to more people at work, and Chandler's boss appears. Hey, Mr. Douglas. Sir. Uh, listen, Bing, I received your memo, so we're not going to see the systems report until next Friday? Well, the people in my group want to spend the holiday weekend with their family. I have a family. I'm going to be here. Yeah, Bing. What's that about? <laughs> it's about cutting my people a little slack, you know, for morale. Look, if you want to see some rough numbers, I can get them to you by Wednesday. Rough numbers? This company was not built on rough numbers. Am I right, Mr. Dunn? <laughs> Have the final numbers on my desk by Tuesday. If you say so, sir. <laughs> Joseph's good, isn't he? <laughs> well, I'm going to kill you. Hey, hey. I just figured Joseph's the kind of guy who likes to mix it up. You know, get in there, ruffle some feathers. Why? Look, I'm sorry, but that's what Joseph does. 
Okay. If you try to pull something, he'll call you on it. What are you trying to pull, he'll say. I've got two points to jump in with very quickly. Far away. Firstly is Chan, you know, like Chandler's, you know, can there be anymore? You know, sort of thing. Yeah. His boss does that. Did Chandler get that from his boss? Maybe. Like, because he's like, you know, by Tuesday. By Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. No, is it Tuesday? What's Tuesday, Tuesday when it's home? And then also, you know, him going, you know, I'm cutting my staff, you know, some slack. It's the weekend. And he's like, I'm going to be here. It's like, I would just want to turn around and just be like, good for you. You're an idiot. I'd be like, you're paid considerably more than yeah. my team and yeah. myself, so you earn that money. Yeah. <laughs> but And this is why I don't get Chandler's job, because all it is is just figuring out numbers. That's all we kind of get from from it, right? He's They're a just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just figuring out numbers, right? And it's like, why does that take weeks to do? I don't know. Yeah, so I, I'm sure there's more, it's more, the more to it, right? Excel can only yeah. handle like four columns at this <laughs> yeah. point. <laughs> but yeah, just, I, I hate bosses who are like, well, I'm going to do this like totally unreasonable thing. It's like, well, you're the idiot then. Yeah, it, well, it's just, it's just, I guess, corporate life. It's like, well, I'm dedicated because I'm doing this. It's like, that's nice. I'd like to see my friends and family. Yeah. Like, I'm, no, like... Well, 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 right. If we're being honest, you'd be like, I want to go home and read my comic books. Yes, Mark. Who do you think my friends are? <laughs> Spider-Man's I mean, my Spider-Man friend. Spider-Man and Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why you should not work with friends. It seldom goes well, unless it's me. When I helped you at Comic-Con, I was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that is in the show notes. I specifically wrote that down. Um, but I've met for friends uh, to get jobs in the past, and it's gone terribly. I'm sure I've told the story before on the podcast. Have I not? Do, do, I don't think you have. So I used to work at a, a video game store, um, and my friend applied for a Christmas, Christmas temp role, like a, what would you call it? Seasonal vacancy for our American listeners. Um, and we're, it was group interviews and the actual staff were split into each, like, Ryan, you're in charge of this section and we'd all have each group for X amount of time. And then we came together at the end to say, like, who stood out from group B? So every time it would get mentioned, my friend's group would get brought up, I'd go, he was amazing. He was fantastic. <laughs> Trinity was incredible, guys. And uh, everyone would just go. And then my mates who I worked with also wanted, were trying to help my friend get a job. So they'd, they'd be like, uh, no one really stood out in group B. And I'd go, Sean. Apart from Barry, Barry was amazing, wasn't he? And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then we got like halfway through the like the eight of us giving feedback. And then my boss looked at me and went, Ryan, if I give your friend your dub, will you shut up? <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I will. So that's how he got his job uh, at the game store because I annoyed my boss in the interview process so much. She just wanted to shut me up. Um, but he then was selling a console and there was insurance for the console that the customer also wanted. And this person decided, oh, I will scan the insurance barcode because logically, it won't let me sell the insurance without a console. So he then sold a Wii, which at the time was like the hottest console ever. Um, and a bunch of games and those crappy accessories game would bundle in together, like the tennis rackets and the steering wheels, um, for less than the actual cost of the console. And when this was discovered, my boss just looked at me and I knew. He <laughs> 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 was just like, yep. If I try and vouch for anyone ever again, it's going straight out the window. Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? Because... You want to to help your friends, and sometimes they can be really great, but it is going to come back on you. And also, you know, you're, when you're friends with someone, you can go home whenever you want, when you get fed up with them, when you have to work with them. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You can't leave them, and then that's where the annoyances set in because they don't do things the way you do. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's the same with, you know, don't, don't 
work with your family or friends like it's, it's never going to work out like strangers is kind of best in a lot of ways Sure. I mean, I've got I've got many good friends that I used to work with, like people that have been a part of my life for years. Some of my closest friends are actually people I met at work. But you know, it's easier to transition from workplace to actual friendship. Friendship into workplace doesn't go well. Well, imagine if I worked where where you work now. I know lots of stories that I would be itching to tell them all. I mean, they probably know a good chunk of them. To they, be fair. they probably do, but there'll probably be some that you don't want them to know. Yeah. And or you know, I might be like, hey. Have you heard the podcast, guys? Because there's lots of stuff on there and all of a sudden they know way too much about you. That's fair, yeah. Be good. I mean, I've had people ask me to refer them to where I currently work and there's always like that awkward moment where I'm like, not really the right material for the company. Yeah, uh, yeah you, don't want, you, you don't want to say to your friends, look, you can't work here, you're not good enough because they're going to be like, who are you to decide? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, in this, I mean, obviously I can't name the company I work for, but it, it's very much an attitude thing um, where it's like, Oh, I want a job. I like this cool stuff. I will I will work there. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to get very far because you don't have the right outlook. No, well, that's the thing. Like, wherever you work, you know how it operates and what they expect of you and everyone else there. And you can just tell that's not going to be for you. Same way, you know, if, uh, if I worked at McDonald's right now, I know that wouldn't be a good fit for you, Ryan, because I don't think you would enjoy working at McDonald's, like behind the kitchen no i'd get fired for eating too many of the hash <laughs> <Yeah>. brands <laughs> just be ryan where the hash brands gone I don't know, that's just all in my beard <laughs> so so you know chandler's learned very quickly not to hire friends he does it again though with phoebe he does not not and you know surely you should realize well i hired one friend who did stupid things should i hire phoebe you know the one who's really serious who won't do anything sort of weird and wacky I mean, I, if I was going to hire one of the two, I'd pick Joey over Phoebes. Yes. But I guess you weren't accounting for Joseph. But no, you, you would hire, like, Ross you could get away with, although he would probably brown nose his way above you, and then you'd be annoyed. Or you'd hire Monica, and then you'd be like, oh my God, she's like just upset everyone because she's just so perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah, the HR department would hate Monica. She's like reorganising the office supplies yeah. all day. <laughs> Monica, why isn't it done? I had to organise the kitchen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd just be dreadful. But uh, speaking of Monica... We now find Monica entering the bedroom with some duct tape and she's taped other mitts to the scratchy twin's hands, which is her nickname for Phoebe and Ryan, <laughs> which I quite liked. Um, this seems great, especially because Rich is like, ooh, duct tape, was I supposed to bring something? <laughs> and again, it's just like weirdly sexual edge to the conversation. Um, but he's being super supportive about Monica and her neurotic ways. Um, so, you know, saying like, oh, I really like how you folded the corner of the duct taped over. So in an emergency, you can find it and... He's, he's very supportive. He's a bit over the top a little. I guess, I mean, at this point... Like, like he, yeah. he is enabling her wackiness a bit too much. And, yes. I, and, and clearly he doesn't believe in it. He's just trying to be nice. No. But uh, he's trying to be supportive. But now she wants to mess with his clocks. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to do your clocks. You're going to do what to my clocks? I'm going to set them to my time. Well, I'm confused. I thought we shared time. No, no. See, in my bedroom, I set my clock six minutes fast. You want to know why? Because it's in a slightly different time zone than the kitchen? You know what? Forget it. I'm not going to tell you now. No, come on. Come on, tell me. No, because you, you don't understand. No, come on. No, you don't have any of these cute little obsessive things. No, that's not true. That is not true. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, well, tell me one of yours. Okay. One of my things is, I 
always separate my sweat socks from my dress socks. <laughs> yeah. What if they get mixed up? Boy, I would just, uh, I would freak out. <laughs> you would not. Oh, I can't believe this. I hate this. You're too normal. I can't believe my boyfriend doesn't have a thing. My boyfriend doesn't have a thing. See, if anyone overheard that, I didn't come off well there. No, he does not. He does not. <laughs> so, I do have a question about uh, Monica's clocks, mm-hmm. which we didn't really hear in, in that, that clip. She's like, oh, you know, I set, like, the bedroom to six minutes, mm-hmm. but then the kitchen, sink, and, like, it's cut off. I want to know why she has different times on different clocks. My guess would be for the bedroom that if she looks at the time and it's ahead, she'll go, oh... Oh, I need to get up now because I might be late or whatever. Makes them more efficient. Well, so I, I have my, my clocks all set 10 minutes ahead of time. And we've had this discussion off air in the past. Yep. So it's a pretty boring discussion. So I'm going to keep it brief. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, you know, I put it 10 minutes ahead. And you're like, why do you do that? And lots of people ask me that. It's like, well, because it, it means that I'm, you know, rarely late. There. Like, but surely when you look at the time, you know that it's 10 minutes ahead and blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you know it's ahead. So surely that just negates it being ahead. And it's like, no, it's, it's literally a visual thing. Like I can see it, it's ticked over to say seven o'clock. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be seven o'clock in a bit. I need to get going. And then you're going to be thinking as you're looking at me right now, well, surely when it's 10 to seven, you should be thinking it's nearly seven o'clock. And it's like, no, it's, it's very much a visual representation of like time is about to happen. Get ready. I mean, I'm not really in the best position to discuss time. And no, you have something called Ryan time. <laughs> it's relevance to me. I was actually tagged in a Facebook post today or yesterday about Ryan time and its supposed existence. Because um, you are, let's be generous, you are rarely on time, shall we say. I intend to be on time. It's just that the amount of time my travel should take is always ruined by unforeseen circumstances. See, I do wonder if you set in your like, watch 15 or 10 minutes ahead... Might help you a little bit. Nope, because I would just immediately look at it and go, it's not actually that time, it's this time. It isn't, and you are well aware of it. But like I say, it's a visual thing. If you go, if you're looking at it going, oh, it says 7 o'clock now, oh, I, I should leave now, rather than you going, it's actually 7, now's when I should leave. Like, it, it gives you that extra few minutes to be like, actually, yeah, I need to go now. Yeah, I mean, I'm never late for work. I think if my brain doesn't rush, if... Money's not on the line. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, I just need to dangle like some, some notes. Well, like, I have to be on time for work or I'll get fired. Whereas if we were going to meet at two and I rock up, at, I mean, I'm never drastically late. It's only <laughs> over like 10 or 15 minutes. And normally that's because... And I'm an boss. hour. <laughs> I'm seldom that late. I'm not yeah, trying to remember it, the last time it, I was It has late. happened. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we need a bigger threat for you, but... I don't mean to be. It's not deliberate. It's just... It's just I think I overestimate how much time I've got to do things. Yeah, no, I think I think you you do it down to the the second. You're like, right, it's going to take this long to get here, and you're like, that's great. Except for the real world doesn't work like that because the bus is late, I and then that, and then that's pushed you off by like twenty minutes. If the app tells me the bus is going to arrive at fourteen o two, do you know when I expect the bus to arrive? Fourteen o two, not fourteen o one. We don't we don't, I, we don't live in Japan, and then I miss it. We we in, if we lived in Japan, it'd be great. Would be great. Fine. Really but but yeah, so I I would love to know like what she's doing with her different clocks because yeah, having them all set to like ten minutes ahead would make sense to me. 
having different times would just be confusing. Could you be like, okay, well, hang on. So it says this time, it, is that is that right? How does that compare to the other time? Which one is this one again? True. Right, Mark. So dating is always a learning experience. And what weird things have people you've dated had? Have there been any? Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. There, there is always going to be weird things. Like um, certainly the way people eat their food. Mm-hmm. I've known people that will eat their food like going around the plate, like clockwise pattern. Yep. So they'll be like, I'm eating the peas now. Just eat all the peas and then move on to the next thing and, and so on. And uh, people that can only, you know, mix certain things together. Or I guess, you know, there'll, there'll be the stuff where you're like, why are you dipping that in that? Like those two things don't go together. And they're like, it's delicious. When I was a kid, I used to dip my McDonald's French fries in the milkshake. Oh, everyone did that. And then, to be fair, sometimes I don't like certain parts of food touching. Like I don't like beans soggy in the hell out of some food. No, I no, I don't think that's a quirk. It's the same uh, as the the moist maker. You have to have a a layer there <laughs> to to not get the the bread too moist, right? I do like eating rice krispies with a little teaspoon. Okay, okay, <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe like yeah, everyone does have odd quirks, and sometimes you don't realize what these quirks are until you you live with someone else and realize oh that thing. Uh, like I I normally have cereal with hot milk. Ugh. And a lot of people go, ugh. Yeah, yeah like that, yeah. <laughs> well, why? Because it tastes good. And now it, it, it depends, right? And there was, a, there were, there was an advert for, for Kellogg's, I think, where they, they did an advert of like people having hot milk and going, oh, it's weird, isn't it? But you should try it. Uh, but some, some cereals are better with hot milk, like Weetabix. Okay, Weetabix, fair enough. That, that makes sense. Yeah. But like Honey Nut Loops, can't be having hot milk with Honey Nut Loops. Oh, no, it's much better because the, well, old Honey Nut Loops, oh, where they yeah. actually used honey rather than whatever they use now. Because uh, it made like the the honey sort of melty and more sticky. Mm. Okay, I consider logic there. To be fair, but yeah, yeah. So so certain ones it it does make. Oh, you know, if you've got like cocoa pops, it makes it more chocolatey because of how it reacts to to it and stuff. But no, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head of anyone who had anything weird, quirky. Because it would probably annoy me if they did. No, only thing is that an ex of mine, like you described, with food would eat everything by itself. So you could have like chicken chips broccoli or whatever on the yeah. plate and she would eat the chips then the broccoli then the chicken and it always used to baffle me i'd be like but why have why don't you have some big chicken with a little bit of a chip and then you mix it together and she'd be like nope and well, this is like the simpsons joke red m&m blue m&m they all end up the same color in the end <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it never bothered me but no some, it's, it is but i just be like okay that's a thing actually there is one thing i know a lot of women do this and it's only women they will dissect their food especially if it's like a kit kat so they won't just put the kit kat in their mouth and eat it they have to eat along the sides all the way first like a chipmunk like going through it and yep. then you can like peel apart the the wafers and stuff and that, i know a lot of women that, that do that sort of thing with food i used to do a similar thing with mars bars okay i would get a mars bar and i would chop off each end and then chop off the sides so it didn't, it had like a top and a bottom basically. <laughs> and I would slice the Mars bar into as thin pieces as possible and then have it all on a plate and then just eat it like tiny sliver <laughs> at a time. And it was great. And my ex used to do this thing with biscuits where I'd have biscuits on a plate and she'd flick them off the plate. It used to make me furious. Like, <laughs> I can't explain to you how angry I would get. Like my face would be red, there'd be veins popping out of my forehead and my voice would be like, what are you doing? Just clumsy everything. I hated it. But she couldn't flick the Mars bar off because it was sticky and noogie. <laughs> But yeah, I used to I used to dice up my Mars bars. Okay, I I know this is not weird, but uh, uh, like I used to do it 
and I'm sure a lot of people do, is where they will eat the the worst bit of food first and save the best till last. I've realised that's the worst thing to do. I mean, I don't put anything on my plate that I would consider to be the worst. Well, no, but let's say you got a... Oh, I'm not going to say pizza because you don't eat pizza because you're weird. But let, let's say you have like a burger and it's got a burnt bit on it, right? Yeah. You eat the worst bit first, so you say the best till last. And I feel it's actually the wrong way around. You should always eat the best bit first. Because by the time you kind of get to the worst bit, you're probably pretty full anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Because there's so many times where I've eaten food and gone, you know what, I'm kind of full now, but that's the best bit there and I'm wasting it. So. Yeah, I get the logic. The worst is when you have too much food and then you're not ready for pudding. Yes. Although trying yeah, to find, yeah, yeah, we should eat pudding first. Trying to find somewhere nowadays that is a good dessert is borderline impossible. Well, yeah, yeah. Slight, slight further tangent on this tangent. Uh, yeah, when when a slice of cheesecake is five pound, and I can go to the supermarket and buy a whole cheesecake for three pound, yep. I do not want it. Nope. Unless it's America, because like cheesecakes at the Cheesecake Factory are amazing. I'll pay anything for those. No, I've been to Cheesecake Factory. I've been to Juniors in Manhattan. Okay. Which is apparently the best cheesecake place in the world. Yeah, I'd pay for that. But it's the only place I've been, so I can't really comment if that's fair. But we should probably get back to friends. We should. Uh, Joseph is back at work, and he's getting Chandler into trouble. You should know. All right, that's it. Look, Joey, I'm sorry. I realize this is the role of a lifetime for you. And if I could just fire Joseph, I would. But unfortunately, that's not possible, so I'm going to have to let both of you go. <laughs> What are you talking about? Everybody loves Joseph. I don't. I hate Joseph. Okay, I think he's a brown-nosing suck-up. Oh, yeah? Well, you can't fire Joseph. You know why? Because he's not in your department. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. All right, I, so I can't fire Joseph, but uh, I can sleep with his wife. But Cameron. Yeah. Karen, I'm thinking about having an affair with her. Oh, you know what? I just did. Huh? <laughs> what the hell are you doing to me, man? Oh, well, it's not me. It's my character. Chandy. <laughs> yeah, the rogue processor who seduces his co-workers' wives for sport and then laughs about it the next day at the water cooler. In fact, I have her panties right there in my drawer. Freak show, she is fictional! Oh, hey. Take it easy. If it means that much to you, I'll, uh, I'll go find something else. <sighs> Thank you. Joe, Joey's like Italian side coming out at points. I, I love that way. He's like, yeah, <laughs> hey, take it easy. <laughs> I, I, I want to know why Chandler's got uh, women's underwear in his drawer. I mean, that could be one of my all time favorite scenes in Friends ever. Yeah, it's, it's just the way that Joey kind of believes it. Chandler is getting in on like the acting of it all yeah. I just just the absurdity of it all it's like you know what I just did <laughs> it's, 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 in the, it's acted so well by both of them as well like Chandler's just like completely manic yeah. he's just his energy is fantastic and it's like like of course not freak show he's so in character that he's like what but it, it's out I love it it's absolutely fantastic and yeah. it had to be clipped um but yeah, I do love how Chandler's managed to like find a way around it. He's like, because at first he's like snookered, you can't fire me, I'm not on your team. And he's like, damn. And immediately he's like, I'll sleep with your wife. It's just <laughs> yeah. beat Joey at his own game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. Um, but we're now back with the Scratchy Twins and Phoebe's is begging Rachel to take the mittens off. But Rachel's kindly made dinner for the duo and they're going to have to try and eat with oven mitts on. 
Doesn't sound that difficult to me. No, I mean, they are designed to pick things up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, are, you are meant to grip things with them. <laughs> but, but okay, then. Uh, but Rachel and Russ leave, and Ryan and Phoebes have to work out how to actually do dinner. And they start smooching, but can't undress each other, Mark, with their mitts on. They rip the mitts off, but sex is soon replaced by scratching. Yeah, scratching can be enjoyable, right? I mean, if you're covered in chicken pox, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I don't remember chicken pox well, but I remember being infuriating. Yeah, but even if you've had like a, a nap bite or, or something like that, like you could probably be like, no, this feels quite nice. Oh. Until you stop. So one discovery I made upon my first visit to Amsterdam was that the Netherlands have mosquitoes. Didn't realise this was a thing for some reason. My brain was like, they only exist in like Africa and the swamplands of Florida. Um, so you can like, but I can't hear them um, at all, but my partner can and she'd be like, the and she's oh, suddenly up like a ninja with a slipper trying to smack one out of the sky. Yeah. Um, God, those things are annoyingly itchy. Yep. So, I mean, if chicken pox is anything like mosquito bites, yeah, I would definitely be, definitely be running the scratching over the, <laughs> yeah. the, the smoochy time. Um, but Russ comes back in and busts them going at it. The scratching that is, um, and then he just walks out. I just like this. It's like, oh, never mind. And yeah, yeah, I'm not going to deal with this. Which just know. you know, just just leave them to it. I mean, he's lost his authority though. You know, we had you're a military man, <laughs> yeah. and now he's just uh, giving up. He's back to being yeah. usual apathetic Ross. Bye, um, uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> just it's now the middle of the night, and Richard wakes up Monica to tell her he's thought of a thing. Monica, wake up, Monica. What's up? I thought of a thing. Yeah? Yeah. I have to sleep. Have to. On this side of the bed. No, honey. You have to sleep on this side of the bed because I have to sleep on this side of the bed. Or so I would have you believe. Big deal, so you have a side of the bed. Everybody has a side of the bed. Hey, come on. You haven't heard my reason yet. All right, go on. Okay. I have to sleep on the west side because I grew up in California and otherwise the ocean would be on the wrong side. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a freak. Yeah. How about that? He's a freak. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's adorable that he's put this much effort into finding a quirk just to make Monica feel better. Yeah, just, just to relate to her more. I, don't, I can't think of any weird quirks that I've got. Not about sleep anyway. I, I think you have lots of weird quirks. Charming. <laughs> but, but no, like, yeah, have, like, yeah, some people do have sides of the bed. Uh, I don't. The middle is great. Uh, I didn't have a side of the bed until I dated someone that had a preference. So then I didn't have a choice about what side of the bed I slept on. So then that just became my side of the bed um, by default, I guess. Because whenever I go to a hotel, I'm like, what side do I sleep on? And no, it's just the middle's great. I can be any side I want. Then. But yeah, in a bed that's not mine or a partner's, I'll take up the whole thing and be dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, starfish and that <laughs> yes, thing. Yes. It's like, yes, it's all me. Um, what is really weird as an adult is when you go from sleeping in like a, a double bed. Like I've accidentally booked single rooms before and not realised that it's a single bed that's going to be in there. And then I've got in it and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, it's like I'm sleeping in a cot and it's so tiny. Yeah, like, you know, the, the bed is warm now. Where do I roll to? Nowhere. It's always just going to be warm. <laughs> There's nowhere I can go. <laughs> no. Clearly, he's had to think about this hard 
if that's what he's come up with. I'm sure Richard does have weirder quirks. Mm-hmm. You know, but but sometimes, like I say, you don't realise that what you, you have is a quirk. Yeah, like you said, I've got weird quirks. I bet you'd, you'd point them out and I'd go, oh, yeah, that's weird. But yeah. you don't think about it because it's just how you operate. No, exactly. Same. Like, I, I was listening to This American Life podcast and they was talking about, you know, a kid logic. And it was, someone was saying like, oh, you know, I was, uh, when I was in my 30s, I was telling uh, someone about unicorns and like how they're real and stuff. And everyone was like looking at a weird and it's like, what, they're real? And it's like, no one ever told her they're not. Yeah. Sort of thing. So sometimes like your, your weird quirk can just be, didn't realize that's not a thing anymore. Same with you dipping your, your fries into your milkshake. Like yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's a pretty common thing. But if you did it as an adult, I'm sure lots of people look at you weird or if you've got your crisps out, put them in your sandwich and sat on it to, to squish them as we discussed in a previous episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, next time I have McDonald's for lunch at work, I'll dip a fry into the milkshake. Now, now you need to do a few so people realise what you're doing. And see if they notice. Yeah. And find out what the reaction is. Yeah. And I, I'm going to think of, of what quirks you have Okay. that, that, are, that are safe for the podcast. I can think of one habit I have where I weirdly say people's names as they walk past. Well, no, you do have lots of weird quirks. You even mentioned how you make up little songs about what you're doing. That's not weird. That's a, that's a, you've said it is a weird, and you said it's a quirk. So people yeah. say it's weird. People say I only do it. Oh, yeah, the first time it was ever pointed out to me was at work, and a girl I with Laura was like, "You must be in a good mood. Glad to see you happy again." And I'm like, "What's up? What are you talking about?" And she's like, "You're singing what you're doing." And I was like, what? Like, you singing what you're doing? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking I literally have no idea. Uh, one of your other quirks is singing our theme <laughs> tune to yourself. Yeah, I do It's always after recording. Like, I'll be walking down the road, and then, like, I'll stop at the traffic lights, and I go, do-do, and I just start doing it, like, I randomly segue my life with our own theme tune. Um, I like singing what I'm doing, though. It's fun. Like, you can tell I'm in a good mood when I start doing it, but it would be somewhat stupid, like, breaking a board into comic books, and it doesn't make any sense, and it's never in tune, but... All right, Phoebe. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's my inner Phoebe coming out. <laughs> yeah. But back to the episode and my weird quirks. Another one of friends' quirks is inability to tell how much time has passed. But apparently we've jumped forward in time and Ryan is due to ship off. So he's been there a couple of days from the rough gist of things. And now, bam, it's like two weeks later. Which makes sense episodically because what would you can't just feel you know, 10 days of them scratching each other. No, that's, that's the thing with TV shows, especially like serial ones, is that there's so much content you miss. Because every every episode you see, you just think is just another day in their life. Yeah. But Friends does like clearly define things at times. And it's something that I've realized more as we do the podcast, where Rachel will be like, you know, we've been dating six weeks. And you'll be like, oh, only three episodes has passed. Now I have some idea of the timeline of what's going on here because in my mind they've been dating for three days yeah so yeah it's something that they you're right they, they could never do um or i guess it could be like 24 yeah the, TV, about, the tv show which reference. 24 is the yeah. only show that does it although i like 24 as a show I've, um, I've never really watched it i've watched a couple of seasons the most unrealistic thing in it is that it gets across Manhattan traffic in under an hour. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, anyone who's been in New York could just be like, no, he's not getting from there to there in that time. <laughs> so imagine that, just one episode of him just sitting in traffic going, oh! There's, there's one episode in the later seasons where, where Jack Bauer, uh, probably he's sat in his car and just like, cry in a breakdown. And I don't know what's happening in, in the context. That's just a clip they used to use on like sizzle reels all the time. Right. But my friend who loves, 
who loves 24, and we'll talk about Jack Bauer as some kind of like modern action icon for the ages. He'll bring him up and I'll go, hit cry in a car. It's <laughs> <laughs> my friend so much when I bring it up, but yeah, that's what, that's what I remember 24. Unrealistic traffic, traffic expectations. He'd definitely be later than I am. And crying in a car. But yeah, when it, when it comes to timing friends, uh, things things do move at, a, at quite a pace at times. Yeah. Like we, we do skip months at a time. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, like Bob's Burgers uh, spoke about this because they've got a movie coming out soon where they're talking about like time in the show. And I was like, well, where does the movie fit in, the timeline of the show? And they're like, well, it doesn't. It's before, it's after, it's whenever, right? Yeah. The same way, you know, they have this kind of weird life where they're constantly going through the year, having Christmas, having Thanksgiving and so on, but they never grow older. Mm. And yeah, Friends does, does this as well where, you know, there's clearly months have passed and we haven't had an episode. But yet, it, nothing, I guess, really happened in their lives. Like, nothing drastic yeah, happens. You don't need to know. Or it would have been no. an episode, yeah. I guess, is the logic. Which, And when you think about it, you're like, oh, actually, their lives are not as exciting as they seem. Yeah. Like, like you know, they're, they're, meet, they're meeting women every day, just going, how are you doing? Meeting a woman, great, that's done. It's like, no, actually, that might have only happened to, to Joey, you know, once every five weeks or whatever. Yeah, you, you don't know. You're like, my life's boring. It's like, well, you didn't see the not televised life. No. <laughs> I mean, you didn't see Joey strike out ten times. No. <laughs> like, that may have happened. Um, but Ryan is all in his dress uniform, looking fantastic. And Rachel is a fan and wants to see Ross in uniform. I'm sorry, we're close. <laughs> hey, sailor. Is this what you had in mind? <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> I'm shipping out tomorrow. Well, then, uh... We better make this knife count. Oh, wait, I forgot to turn off the cappuccino machine. <laughs> and he's away. <laughs> oh, my purse, my purse, my purse, my purse, my purse, my purse. <laughs> oh. oh, you know what? I forgot to turn off the like, just... All right, you know, why don't I just meet you upstairs? <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you know what song that is? It's from. Uh, it's that Lift Me Up Where You Belong song, right? And it's from... Well, I know this scene is from An Officer and a Gentleman. I don't know if the song is from the same movie. Okay, because I was going to say, like, The Simpsons does a similar scene to this where it's like Marge and Homer, mm-hmm. like, get together, make up, and... Have you seen enough to the gentleman? I've not, no. It's a it's one of the, the many Richard Gere, Julia Roberts movies, and that's the end of the movie. He okay. walks into the factory um where she works and then you know she puts on his hat and he scoops her up and romantically carries her out. Okay, so that's why, yeah, I've seen that uh, this has been done in a lot of TV shows. But yeah, it comes from an officer and a gentleman. Okay. Which is a decent film. Yeah. It's it's I mean if you're gonna have a Richard Gere, Julia Roberts movie, you go in pretty woman every time, let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. Uh but yeah, it's a decent film. Well, I've never understood the whole kind of uniform thing um i would say it's because you're a man and your man brain thinks that women with fewer clothes on equals sexier <laughs> whereas m- women it's the whole i think it's the whole kind of like a law of a military man because they're strong and that kind of stuff and then it it's like men in suits that you've got a suit you put a man in a suit he looks better looking you stick yeah. that man in a uniform especially a dress uniform and suddenly it's like you know suit plus plus 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's like firefighters. The amount of women I know that, you know, go crazy for firefighters. Um, was, was it, if I've seen any female firefighters, I've never been like, wow, she's sexy. I've been, I might be like, cool, this firefighter, that looks amazing. They get to play with the hose and get to be in the fire truck and whatever, but I've never gone like, the high of his vest is sexy. Yeah. So there's, there's no particular uniform that does it for you, apart from maybe the Hooters one. <laughs> no, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't go into Greg's and like, oh, wearing a Greg's uniform. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, again, I definitely think it's, it's a female thing of, you know, oh, look, it's the dashing officer, gentleman type. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess it comes down to authority and stuff like that, perhaps, as well. But, yeah, uh, you know, we certainly do find out about Ross and Rachel into their, their role play in a little bit. I mean, we'll get more. We'll, we'll get the classic example of that soon, I suppose. Yes. Um, very, very soon. Very right. soon, yeah. Uh, which I've got lots to say on, so I won't, <laughs> I won't ruin it now. Um, I guess it depends on your military and your branch and the uniform, though, because if most dress uniform looks fairly smart, but if you're like, you know, one of the, the guards at Buckingham Palace in your big, big hat, <laughs> it's not quite as sexy as in the, your beef the, eater yeah, hat. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I also the, the military thing is probably more of an American thing. Certainly over here, if you see someone in military fatigues just walking down the street, you're like, why? Looks a bit weird. Uh, whereas in America, like, you know, you go to Disney World and, you know, before every show, they're like, you know, let's thank our military and they all stand up and they're all wearing the hats and everything. Like, yep. there's different connotations for that for sure. Like, I've got a hockey shirt that's a devil's jersey, but in like black and green army camo. And it bought it because it looks really cool. And some of the money went to the veterans charity, which, you know, if you're going to buy some and a charity gets help out of it, why not? Yeah. Um, but there's like a patch on the elbow, that, on the side, sorry, that says, I'm supporting and you'd like, you know, you'd embroider in who your beloved one was in the forces. And the Americans have a very different relationship with their military to the Brits. Um, most British servicemen I know don't talk about being in the service, especially outside of action. Like, no, you, they might go, oh, yeah, I'm in the army or I was in the army or whatever force they're in. But they certainly don't really talk about it a lot. And they don't see it as anything more than their job. And I certainly wouldn't go up to them and go, thank you for your service, which is something that many Americans would do anytime they meet anyone in the military whether they know them or not they will just say thank you for your service whereas here you would be like you're in the army oh, okay well it's a weird one because i feel like you know at the same time it is something you should have gratitude for that person has potentially put their life at risk but we're british british and we're cynical as a, as a bunch yeah. so if britain was attacked and our army had to defend us we'd be like yeah thanks appreciate you defending us However, yeah, you're doing your job. Us going across the world to look for nuclear weapons and steal oil isn't something that we're going to line up in the streets <laughs> and go, "Woo, well done!" Like, you know what I mean? We we have a much more cynical outlook on it. Whereas Americans have a support the troops, not the supposedly the mission thing. Whereas in Britain, we're like, "Well, well, yeah, they're they're more patriotic than us in a lot of ways." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should be more grateful for our armed forces, but I guess at the same time, for for the British, it's been that long since. We kind of needed them in that sense. Like, obviously, yeah. everyone has gratitude to like the World War II generation and, you know, the kind of Battle of Britain and that kind of stuff. Um, but in the conflict since then, it's all been so far away from home, I guess it doesn't really hit you in the same way. No, and obviously, America becomes like the world police and controls it all. So Britain is just there helping in a lot of ways. And obviously, it's important ways, but it's not Britain at war. It's America at war. Britain is there to assist. Yeah. Along we with a bunch of other countries and... Which is no weird, problem. because arguably we have the greatest military in the world. It's n not funded very well, but, like, you know, trooper for trooper, the British Army is 
actually it was nearly every other army in the world. Like mm. the Navy SEALs that America like, yeah, frogmen, Navy SEALs. Their training is based on British training. Like we trained the people that trained them. Yeah. So our, I mean, you know, the amount of blue on blue incidents in America, well, for one, we'll kind of explain that. But it is weird that we don't, given that we arguably have the best armed forces in the world, that we're not as gung-ho about it. So what you're saying is that if a British man was carrying Rachel around, he wouldn't have just chucked her on the sofa after about a minute of carrying her back and forth. I think if it was a British shoulder, it, it would have been, it wouldn't have been even that. It would have been, right, I'm picking her up. She's going on that table. Off we go. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a, lot, a lot less direct, a lot less fat. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, she's typical Rachel, um, you know, going, oh, I need to turn off the, the coffee machine. I need to do this. I need to do that. And, is uh, you, you know, I, I get Ross. He's, like, fed up. At the same time, carrying someone, like, and I'm sure that uh, Jennifer Aniston isn't that, that heavy, but she's still going to weigh, you know, a few stone or a few pounds or whatever, right? Well, whenever I've tried to pick a woman up, they freaked <laughs> out about me dropping them. And I don't know if that's a, a comment on my lack of biceps <laughs> or whether just they just think I'm going to drop them. And they've always said it's just they're scared of being dropped. But it kind of reminds me of women like, I want him to be spontaneous. And you try and be spontaneous and they say, not now. <laughs> just, yeah. just like, so I kind of feel bad for us in this sense. Well, so it's like when you see people on TV carrying their wife across the threshold and whatever. It's like, it never goes like that. I'm sure it's much more difficult because, you know, people are heavy. Yeah. And I mean, what, Ross goes back and forth how many times? Uh, yeah, he's holding her for, for quite a while. Plus, I feel like if she really wanted to, she could just pop down after him and fix it. Yeah. I'd be like, if I've gone, if I've made the effort to go out and find a dress uniform and dress up and surprise you at work and scooped you up and we're walking and you're like, I want to turn the thing off. I'd be like, later, yeah, <laughs> do it yeah. tomorrow. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen if you don't turn off the cappuccino? <laughs> Sorry, machine? Gunther, Central Perk burned down because uh, Ross turned oh, up in uniform. Can you imagine Gunther having to listen to that explanation actually thinking about it? Like, Rachel, why didn't you turn off the cappuccino machine? Well, Ross turned up in a kinky uniform and we went and had wild uniform sex. And then the next day, it's like, Gunfer, why are you in a uniform? Yeah. <laughs> There's probably too, too ill-fitting for him. Gunfer would wind up picking the wrong branch of yes, the military. It'd be yeah. some kind of like weird, I don't know, like Vatican-style uniform it, it, with like puffy sleeves. It'd be the, the kids' military or cubs or scouts <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really like this episode. It's it's just, just funny. And I think those are the, the best Friends episodes where... There's nothing really kind of going on. It's just filled with jokes. Yeah, I, th- I think, especially given the timing, the third, there's so much, there are so many episodes that are Ross and Rachel, will they, won't they, centric, that it, you get kind of like drama fatigue and you do just want a good chunk of comedy. Yeah, because we are about to have that in the next episode. So it's going to be the final of the season. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I guess, a, I, don't, I don't know if drama is the right word, but more seriousness. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the, the best episodes of Friends are where they are just having fun adventures and just playing off each other. Yeah. And obviously, you can't just have that for every single episode because it would tire. You do need those kind of, like, more serious episodes and serious moments. But no, this is great. Like, Charlie Sheen is great in this. Yeah. Like, he he, he overacts a little bit, but that's perfect for, for what he's doing. The scream at the flash of light. <laughs> yes. it, like, he's so well done in its overacting that it's fantastic yeah i i really like seeing him in this and and every character gets most but like the the chandler and joey stuff is just just absolutely brilliant yeah uh, especially after we've had a, a few episodes where they haven't really been together mm-hmm. uh, after their little breakup yeah which we've we, we discussed which we found weird yeah um 
Yeah, it's definitely good. And Chandler's back on form. What I love about this episode is at the start, Chandler is gagged essentially and can't make jokes. Yep. And then he's just hilarious every time we're seeing him for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I, I guess like it's the, the clever jokes. Like Friends never really does the kind of like obvious jokes. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the jokes where you're like, that's funny for a different reason. And I, I guess I like to call it like either adult humor or Pixar humor. Where, you know, a, a child listening to any of these jokes would just go, oh, that's funny, even if I don't quite understand why. Whereas you as an adult is going, I know why that's funny, because that means something totally different to me. Yeah, well, it's like, um, oh, what's the show called now? It was, it's an old British sitcom set in a department store. I don't know which one it is. This is going to annoy me now. And you got that character who's like, oh, my pussy's all wet. And like, <laughs> oh, what's that show called? That's going to annoy me now. I don't know. That was it. The show was called Are You Being Served? And was absolutely full of double entendres. And whenever that character would mention her pussy, she meant her cat. Her actual cat that she'd have different stories about. Because in the UK, that that word can just mean uh, a cat. Yes, and it can mean the other thing you thought it meant. Yes. Um, So that was a very kind of cheap joke that they took into nearly every single episode. Which I guess a lot of uh, British humour is filled with that. And, like, you just have to look at Austin Powers, which, okay, is an American film, but kind of trying to play on Britishness in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and certainly a lot of stuff from 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's a very lot, carry on, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of British comedy was double entendres and taking words to mean something else. And that's where the humour lay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, you know, British humour is very dry, uh, very witty, I guess. And that's how why it works for us because it, it is funny on multiple levels. Whereas like, you know, American humor, and we've discussed this many times before, is a little bit more obvious. But it's yeah. funny when Friends is doing it mm-hmm. because yeah, Americans they they still understand this this humor. But I guess for for British people, we probably see it as way dirtier than than yeah. what they do. I mean, I think the best example of the differences between humor is the Office and how the UK Office bombed in America. And then they remade it as an American show that's nothing like the original and was made insanely successful. I know a lot of people prefer the US office in Britain to the British office, to be fair. I'd be one of them. But, yeah. Yeah, that, one, that was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and we're, we're almost in season three, where things start to get really, really good. Yep. Well, yeah, because, uh, well, I guess not to get too ahead of ourselves, because we do have one more, more episode for season two. But, yeah, season three obviously starts with uh, Princess Leia. Yep. That's going to be probably one of the most iconic scenes in Friends. Uh, we really should do like a top 10 or top 20 like iconic scenes in Friends just discussion. I mean, I definitely have to put in, I'm in the map. In the <laughs> yeah, map oh yeah, 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 that, that absolutely, absolutely. Um, what, yeah. what do you think would be top? Because it's either going to be, we were on a break, or I take the Rachel. Which one? Oh, we, we, take, we take the Rachel has got to be the funnier one. Mm-hmm. We were on a break. Is funny, but it, but it's maybe more iconic. Mm, it's a tough like, like I, f- I feel like saying we were on a break would probably be more recognisable to people than I take the Rachel, just because you know it, it can be used in so many ways, and there's probably transcended friends, right? Yeah, where people are like, oh, you know, we were on a break, and they don't realise what they're actually saying. It's from whereas I take the Rachel only works as a friends reference. So are we saying that? The more into friends you are, the more you'll appreciate I take the Rachel. Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because if you said this to someone random, they wouldn't get it. But you go, oh, we were on a break. Like, you don't even need to watch friends to understand the connotations. 
involved in that. Fair. So yeah, no, we we definitely should uh should do our favorite most iconic moments at some point. You can do that on our Patreon. Yeah, I think so. Get get some supporters in. Gonna help us fund doing that, I guess. Exactly. Tell us your favorites. And you can help support us. Might as well might as well do our little thing now. You our socials. To shill again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our, our give us money stuff and talk trust stuff the things that, that we enjoy doing uh, think about it the more money you give us the less often we'll have to ask yes yes we'll, we'll, we'll ask left, less often <laughs> definitely the more money we get uh, so yeah uh, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash watching friends yep. where we have multiple tiers so you can support us from just one pound a month paying dollars or dollary dues or euros or whatever you want what's a dollary do? Australian dollar. <laughs> uh, we get cancelled, man. No, it's a, it's a, no, they're dollary dues. It's not called dollary dues, man. <laughs> they are called Australian dollars, but in Australia, they're dollary dues. <laughs> Seriously, you think I'm joking? I'm being serious. Uh, so yeah, we've got like the the one pound tier, which helps support us, and there's a five pound tier, which gets you ad free versions of the podcast, so you save a precious few minutes there every episode. Yep. And so you basically get back into the action much quicker with us and our tangents. There's also bonus episodes at that tier. So we talk about Joey and we do our top 10 shows and other things. And you can actually tell us uh, what we should do a show about, really, if you want to as well. We have our £20 producer tier as well, which is for the mega fans out there who want to become a producer of our show. Yep, we'll do whatever you tell us. <laughs> well, within reason. <laughs> within reason. It's like, I don't know, you can't really have audible small print. Maybe I was, we just whispered a small print. Well, within reason. <laughs> well no you meant to do it like the adverts where you're like this car is absolutely amazing and then you have your terms and conditions really fast but they're longer than the actual advert fair enough Ryan wanna longer than my bushes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, where else can you find us Ryan uh, you can find us at Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Instagram Facebook we're not, Facebook. We're not on Instagram. Instagram no we're not we should be on Instagram what, for you to not post anything? It would just be like the same picture of us recording the podcast in different tops. Okay. We could just do it. We could just bring like 15 tops into the office and then just take all the photos in one go and then just... There we could go. I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> yeah. uh, where else, Ryan? Uh, you can find us on washingfriends.com yep. where you can fill out our contact form and let us know how amazing we are and give us a fun trivia that we like. We do love a bit of trivia. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. There, there is a lot of stuff that we don't cover and, you know, is either because we don't know it or because it's not relatable to us in particular yeah sometimes you've got to cut it out so i can have a tangent like yeah. <laughs> we don't cut out anything <laughs> from this podcast everything's in there yeah sometimes even uh things that should be cut out probably uh yeah you so see you can find us on that and uh you can also find me at fuzzballs.co where you can buy my merch do like t-shirts and mugs and stuff i i draw like cute little animals in a little comic buy that where can we find you ryan as always at gamehype.co.uk doing nerdy shenanigans and on the hype from out of heaven podcast yeah um this is your show so you need to take us away i guess yeah well unless there's anything more you you want to add like i i I do like adding stuff at the end of the show after the socials because as we said before like normally i assume people turn off at the socials i don't know i should look at the stats see see where people turn off i guess i mean Um, i'm hungry so i'm gonna get food what what are you gonna eat don't know i'm not gonna lick a muffin (laughs) (laughs) that's got not in it (laughs) do you know what i should i should come with you just whatever you have just just lick it (laughs) 
<laughs> think I'll pass. I think you would still eat it. I am pretty hungry, to be fair. Yeah. Depends what it is. Like, if it was a Nando's and I just, like, licked the chicken. No, that'd be too far. Would it? Yeah, you can't You can't lick a Nando's. So, so I could get free Nando's. <laughs> I mean, that would be gross, just getting the chicken and just licking a stripe yeah. down the Nando's no, sauce, right? That's just like a hate crime. You, you, you <laughs> find a new podcast host. <laughs> Ryan's not like here because I licked his Nando's. Yeah, just, just me forever, forever onwards. Yep. <laughs> Licks his Nando's. Oh, that's, that's a double entendre there. <laughs> It was spicy. <laughs> oh, the sauce went everywhere. Yep. Oh, grim. See? We need to, yeah. we need to stop ourselves. Yep. Uh, yeah, so if you're ready for some more double entendres, I'm sure there'll be more in the next episode. We can try. We will be back next week. We'll make as many as we can. Uh, so until next time. Cheerio. That's goodbye from me. Goodbye from the other guy. <laughs>